Our Lenten theme this year will focus on a set of readings that are used in the Easter Vigil service. The Easter Vigil service is done on the Saturday night before Easter. It's sort of like Christmas Eve before Christmas Day. It's my favorite service of the year, and I hope that you all can join us for that. And in order to prepare ourselves for that new service here, we're going to go through the readings that are from the Old Testament each Wednesday in Lent. Today we hear about all of the beginning with Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. And God said, Let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse. And it was so. And God called the expanse heaven. And there was evening and there was morning the second day. And God said, Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were together he called seas. And God saw that it was good. We could go on and on and on with this reading about the rest of creation, and we do that on the Saturday before Easter in the Easter Vigil. When I hear the story of creation, though, I picture in my head of all the places that I have seen with my eyes. I've been to the Middle East, I've lived in Jerusalem, I've been, or lived outside of Jerusalem, I've been to Jordan, I've been to Lebanon, I even lived for almost two months in southern Sudan in Central Africa. But quite honestly, after growing up in Indiana, living and serving in North Carolina and South Carolina, being also in Wisconsin, I have to say of all the places that I have seen, the one place that is truly spectacular is California. California is a truly magnificent place, full of everything you could think of. Don't think about any of the things that you think of politically or whatever else. If you've not been to California to tour around, I highly suggest you do so. Majestic mountains tower above you with snow-capped peaks. Forest with the largest and tallest trees of the world. Lush meadows filled with with flowers and wildflowers. Farmlands growing everything you can think of. 90% of your salad and regular vegetables are grown in California. Almost all of your nuts walnuts, peanuts, all of these other things are grown in California. Coasts on the ocean where you can sit and look and even go for a swim. There are rivers and waterfalls, pools with every color of the rainbow, hot springs and geysers bubbling up from the ground, and shooting waters into the air. It's really, really glorious, and it's really, really large. But as you may know, it's not always quiet and peaceful in California. 
literally the rainy season for us and for the whole state was from October to May. We, where I lived in Grass Valley, would get 110 inches of rain between October and May. But then miraculously, really kind of crazily, when May come around, it was like somebody shut off the spigot. And you know what happens when there's no water. Every summer, wildfires would threaten much of the state. The first time that we saw this in Grass Valley was with the King Fire that happened in the spring of 2014. I came out to take our dog for a walk, and it looked like a nuclear bomb had gone off in the distance. I thought it was a thunderhead. Somebody said, no, that is the King Fire, and it's 150 miles away. A few days later, when the wind was right, ash from that forest fire blanketed our small town. It fell down like black snow, covering every surface with a dirty, grimy film. Everything smelled like people had been barbecuing with Kingsford. It was really quite impressive, but also very dangerous. Today, we cover our heads with ash. The remnants of the beautiful palms that graced our altar last Palm Sunday. We burned them outside of here today. This is a reminder to us of what sin does to God's creation and to your body and mine. The world God created, as we heard in Genesis, was perfect and beautiful. It was orderly with everything in its place, light and dark, sea and sky, land and water, sun, moon, stars, plants, birds, fish and animals, all according to God's kind. And God looks at it all and says, this is very good. In that very world of Genesis, there's no illness, no suffering, no death, no taxes, no politics. Everything was harmonious and at peace. But as we know all too well, that peace was shattered by sin. Sin brought pain and suffering, discord and strife, and ultimately death into this world. Sin reduced paradise to ashes. The world that you see around you here today, even with the beautiful places like the Grand Canyon, Yosemite, the Million Dollar Highway, Niagara Falls, the Everglades, or most of the state of California, these are a mere shadow of what God created them to be. Even in places like all of those places, there is violence and death, fire, floods, avalanches, and blizzards. Sin not only affects you and me, it affects the world around us. But yes, it affects you and me personally. The ashes on our forehead today mark us for death. Remember, you are dust, and to dust you shall return. All because of sin. And because of that, we will die. But you and I see this every day. The effects of sin are given to us wherever we walk, whether it be into a hospital or a nursing home, or even this past week, in the beginning of the week, where I entered into the home of a parishioner who was at the door, death, death's doorstep and who entered into eternal life. You've seen the people suffering, 
suffering not only in their bodies with the various diseases and illnesses, but people also suffering in their minds with depression, with anxiety, with fears of all things. We see, though, the effects of sin most clearly when we go to the cemetery and we stand at the graveside of someone you love and hear those words one last time, earth to earth, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. But if you go back to California today, you'll notice something interesting even though with all of the disasters of fire and everything else. You can see the burn scars throughout the state and you can see the effects of years of fire, but you will also see the signs of rebirth and new life. The death that fire brought has cleared the way for new growth. It's actually something that should be done more often, controlled burns to bring about new growth from the old growth being burned down. Despite the destruction and violence of fires, they were actually very beneficial. They helped clear out the underbrush and keep the forest healthy. Those fires, that dust and that ash was needed to rejuvenate the soil. Death is necessary for there to be life. And guess what? It's the same for you. First, we die in our baptism. Lent is all about baptism. It's all over the place. Whether you realize it or not, I'm going to talk a lot about baptism because I like it. We are joined in the death of Christ in our baptism. We are drowned. And baptism is a good thing because it puts to death my old sinful nature, my old dead nature, and it gives you and me new birth and new life to live in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. We live out our baptism as we just did a few moments ago when we confess our sins, our faults, our failure to live as we should. Despite maybe taking your self-perception down a few notches, despite maybe not making you feel so good about yourself, confession is really a good thing because we put to death the sin and the evil in us once more. We actually bring these things out to the light of Christ. The dark things that we have done and said and lived out in our lives are brought out to the light of Christ to be exposed but not to be exposed to make you feel guilty or shameful or like you're a very, very bad person. To be exposed and placed on the Christ who is the light of the world, the light that the darkness cannot overcome. When we make a confession of sin, whether it be publicly or privately with somebody or even with the pastor, we are bringing those things out into the light of Christ and they will never go back into the darkness. I can't tell you how many times when somebody has made a confession to me privately as they walk out through all of the emotions and everything else like that, they always, always say, I am so relieved. I feel so much better. I feel like I can live with a clean conscience once again. Confession is good because we put to death the sin and the evil on a daily basis. And then Jesus brings us back to life with the words of forgiveness. I forgive you and oh, by the way, I don't remember these sins. 
as that new life grows up in the dead, burnt forest, you don't remember what that old forest looked like. That's because there is new growth, new hope, and new life. And all of this finally connects us to the end of this life, where because of our sins we die, but when we die, Scripture says that you simply fall asleep in Jesus. The cemeteries that you have gone out to will always need to be called cemeteries, not graveyards, because the word cemetery for us means the place of sleeping, the place of rest. And that cemetery is not the end either. Since Jesus rose from the dead, from the ashes of death, you too will rise. You will not simply lay in the dust and ashes forever, but your body will be made new once more in the new creation on the last day. That's why those ashes on your head are made in the sign of the cross, to mark you as one redeemed and living by Christ the crucified, who has paid the price for you. On that last day, Jesus will remake all of creation. He will restore paradise once more for you, better than California or any other place that you love to sit and soak in and imagine and wonder at. And you will be a part of that too. Just as humankind, Adam and Eve, were the pinnacle of the first creation, you are the apple of his eye, you are the pinnacle of his creation, still his new creation, and he promises that where he is, you will be also. Death is never the end. Just like we do not continue on in Lent, speaking of confession and death and repentance, death was not the end for Jesus, Easter was the beginning of the new life, and Easter and the resurrection promise is given to you. We don't live in Lent forever, but we look forward to Easter, which is in 40 short days. The death and ashes of Lent are here to clear out the sin, the death, and the destruction of your life so that you may be reminded that by the cross of Jesus, you have life and the resurrection risen out of the ashes of death for you. To Christ alone be the glory forever and ever. Amen.